I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hey, ladies, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Now, I'm super excited for today's guest, and we will get to her in a moment. But first up, I want to talk about a few things with you for the first few minutes here. So, It is the last day of July if you are listening to this live. So tomorrow is August 1st, but today it's actually the new moon. So like I said in previous episodes, I know you ladies really enjoy it when I talk about astrology and the phases of the moon and kind of share my insights on what I do know about that topic. So I thought we would spend a few minutes today talking about the new moon because it is today. I always think it's pretty cool when the podcast airs on the day of a full moon or a new moon. And like I said, it's the new moon today. And I shared this earlier on Instagram, actually. So if you follow me on Instagram, you would have saw this post. But on Mondays, I've actually been sharing an affirmation every Monday And this past Monday, the affirmation for the week that I shared with you was, I acknowledge what no longer serves me, thank it for what it has provided me, and let it go. So I actually have had this affirmation on my heart and in my mind for a couple weeks now, and it just so happened that I shared it on this past Monday and then I realized that it was such perfect timing because I shared it just two days before this new moon, which is today. And the reason why I say it's such perfect timing is because new moons are the perfect time to really observe what is no longer serving us in our lives, reflect on that, and let it go. Start releasing the things that are no longer serving us. And the reason why the new moon is such a perfect time to do this practice is because new moons are the very beginning of a new phase. It is a new beginning right now. This is a new beginning we are in. And even more like timely, what I think is really interesting about the timing of everything is tomorrow is a brand new month. So there's a lot happening. Obviously, there's always a lot happening, right? Like Mercury has been in retrograde for basically all of July. So We've also been talking about that a lot lately. And P.S., 
As you guys know, I am not an astrologer. This topic just really fascinates me. I love talking about the moon phases and all of the energetic shifts that are happening within the world because we are all sensitive beings and some of us are more sensitive than others. And I've done podcasts before that I am a very sensitive human being. And if you happen to know me in real life, you will know that I am a incredibly sensitive human being. I don't know how Scotty handles me. (laughs) I honestly don't think any other guy could handle all of the emotions, but, um, I am an Enneagram four. So again, you guys know, I love my Enneagram stuff. So I'm a four on the Enneagram. Scott's a five. And I think because we're like so close, you know, he's, he has a four wing. I think he gets the emotions. Um, I think he gets that and he can handle me. So anyways, I'm getting super off topic right now, but I did want to bring to your attention that today is the new moon. So there's that perfect time to observe what's no longer serving you and release that. But also I would love for you to actually think it because it's likely that whatever you are releasing has served you at one point. It was in your life for a period of time and it likely has served you, but now it's not anymore and you can release that shit. So there you go. Those are my words of wisdom for you today. And I usually get um, a lot of questions about which books I recommend or whatever to learn more about astrology. And honestly, I personally haven't read like a really great book myself. Um, My focus right now has been on other types of books. But what I would recommend you to do is start following another podcast. So I'm going to give you a podcast recommendation right now. And that is The Ghost of a Podcast by Jessica Lignato. She is my absolute fave when it comes to astrology and things like that. You can also find her on Instagram. But her podcast comes out like every Sunday, Ghost of a Podcast, and she does like weekly horoscopes and just tells you about everything that's happening that week. So that can kind of be part of your Sunday ritual. I know it's part of my Sunday ritual. So um, I get a lot of what I know there for sure, or a lot of insights, but I also have just done a lot of my own personal type of work and um, research, diving into things, because I feel like when you're passionate about something, you can kind of just like go on this whole rabbit hole of finding information about the one specific topic. So you keep searching and searching and searching more and more. Talking about um, Enneagram stuff. So the Enneagram is just one type of 
piece that you can use for personal development. And I know I did a podcast on this before, but the strengths finder and my number one strength is input. So I feel like that's why also I am one of those types of people that can just research and research and research because I love gaining input and insight. (laughs) So anyways, that is more stuff about me that you didn't really need to know and you probably don't really care about. So let's cut over to today's episode with Kirsten Kimura. She is an absolute gem. I love her and she is talking to us today about hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery. So that's another topic that I feel like I could just talk about for many episodes. And we actually have had an episode about amenorrhea already with Dr. Rinaldi. So that is an episode where we really do a deep dive on HA recovery. And I mean, she is the author of No Period, Now What? So if you have not listened to that episode yet and you're really wanting to learn more about hypothalamic amenorrhea and how to overcome that, maybe that's something you struggle with, that is episode 44. So today's episode 72. So you'll have to go a ways back to find that one with Dr. Rinaldi, but go back. It's a great listen. You'll learn a lot. But I wanted to get Kirsten on the show with us this week to share her journey because now Kirsten coaches women through HA recovery. And she has a great story. Her and I vibe so alike. Um, you know, we have a great conversation. You will see in just a few minutes. So I will introduce you to Kirsten and enjoy the show, ladies. We will see each other next week. Super excited to have you on the show with me today. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Meg. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Like I said, I've truly been wanting to have you on for a while now. So could you give us a little bit of an intro on yourself? Sure. So uh, my name is Kirsten Kimura, and I'm a personal trainer here in Richmond, California. And I also um, have an online coaching business where I'm helping women um, who have struggled with over-exercising and food issues, various food issues, disordered eating behaviors, uh, and maybe what people know me most for is uh, hypothalamic amenorrhea, so lots of period because of the same two things, over-exercising, under-eating, so I'm helping women to uh, recover from that. So this is what I'm doing online. Yeah. And I'm sure you specialize in those things because of your own journey, right? It seems like you are so knowledgeable about hypothalamic amenorrhea and, or we can just call it HA for the show. So we don't have to keep saying that. Um, But you are just so incredibly knowledgeable about HA recovery. And I know you help a lot of women through that. And just from following you on Instagram, every single one of your posts are just packed with 
tools and value and content for women who are wanting to eat more, rest more, and recover from a loss of period. So I'm super excited to have you on just to dive into that topic more because I know a lot of the women listening to today's show do struggle with that, whether it is loss of period or just having a difficult time, like they know they should be eating more and they're having a hard time moving into that space or they know that they are exercising a little bit too much and they're also having a hard time letting go of that. And I know right now that is probably one of your main focuses is like the exercise component. Um, You've been talking about that a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's true because exercise is is really, it's a big, big um, thing. I know it's very hard for a lot of women to stop doing it for a while or cut back for a while because they've been doing it for such a long time. But if your body is so stressed out that it stops menstruating, then this is um, very important to to slow down a little bit. Yeah. So let's hear about your personal journey with HA because we can have like all the credentials in the world, I think. But it really does come down to your own personal experience with someone that really like allows you to be an expert in the area. That's how I feel. Yeah, sure. I, I agree. I think you have to have the experience so you can, people can relate to you and you can relate to, to your, your clients. So um, I had HA or I did not have my period for a little bit over 10 years. So, and there's somebody who says that I have had my, I haven't had my period for six years. I don't think I can ever get it back. I'm like, girl, chill. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do the things that you have to do. Um, but it started in uh, 2007 uh, when I joined Weight Watchers and I lost a bunch of weight. I lost 30 pounds or 15 kilograms. I was really proud of myself. You know how you have this like you're on this high, you know, you're losing weight and everything is so good. Um, but I also started working out a lot. I mean, I have been active all my life, but then I kind of pumped it up even more. I started running more, started running marathons. Um, I was pretty good runner, but then later, because I wasn't eating enough, uh, I my running times really slowed down too. So I went from this like athlete to just like a you know somebody who wants to control her weight so desperately. So the running time didn't even matter so much to me anymore. All that mattered was the weight. And so um, during that time, I lost my period. Um, I have to say it had been sort of irregular before that, but now it was completely gone, completely gone. And then I also started having sleep issues. I couldn't sleep at night anymore. A lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, um, uh, just exhausted uh, and cold all the time. You know, all these pretty typical symptoms that tell you that something's really wrong in your body. But if you're in this mindset that, you know, I have to lose more weight, then you don't care. It just mm-hmm. keeps going away. And uh, so, yeah, I was, I was running a lot and under eating severely for good six, seven years. Then I started shifting more a little bit towards strength training and I ran a little bit less. And my, um, I just felt that my strength training goes much better when I eat more. So I started eating more. Um, and, uh, things got better, but my period still didn't return because I was still training at least six days a week doing a combination of strength training and high intensity interval training. 
and still a little bit of running. And of course, you know, yoga or something like that did not count as exercise. So I did a ton of that too. Um, so that wasn't enough. Just eating enough, eating more was not, um, did not make it possible for my period to return. So I had to really slow down my exercise as well. And then eventually 2017, after 10 years of not having a period, the period came back. Wow, girl, 10 yeah. years, right? So years. Yes. I... I've been getting the question a lot lately because I started this journey in the end of August. So we'll kind of say September um, for really upping my calories and working towards getting my period back. And so we're approaching kind of like the year mark. A lot of people have been asking me if I've gotten my period back. And the answer is no, actually. But I know and I trust my body fully that it has the ability to reproduce my period as well. But hearing your story that it's been 10 years definitely gives me hope as well because it's been a real long time for me. That is really great to hear because I think like you said, when people like hear numbers and years of how long people have missing periods, usually it's just like, Oh, mine went missing for like a year or two or three or four, but here's getting up into like the double digits here with you and I. And so it actually really is possible to get it back. But like you said, you have to be doing the things to get it back. Um, and we all have our own journeys as well. So I just want to make sure that I say this on the podcast, that it's super important not to compare ourselves to other people throughout this journey. Um, if I compared myself to every single person who has gotten their period back within this time frame that I've been working to get mine back, I'm pretty sure I would have lost hope like a long time ago. But you really just have to stay in your own lane and do what's best for you and not compare your journey to anyone else's. So can we dive into your journey a little bit more? And I would like to know when that turning point was for you within that 10 years where you were like, okay, I really need to work on getting my period back because you probably weren't all in on the process from the point when you lost your period, right? <laughs> No. Yeah. I, I let the things stay the same for like nine years before I did something. I mean, I had seen doctors and the doctors were like clueless. They're like, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. I, I think I saw like three doctors I'm like, yeah, you know, you're living a healthy lifestyle, right? Healthy lifestyle, running every day, at least an hour, um, keeping the calories low, keeping the body mass index in the normal. I was right in the middle of the normal. So I should have been like completely healthy if you believe the BMI. Right. Um, but uh, when I kind of like the wake up call for me was when I went to see an acupuncturist in 2017, I think in October. And then we started talking about, I went for like totally another reason. Uh, I had a wrist injury actually. And so he, we started talking about it and he was like, oh, wait, you're not getting your period. I'm like, no, I'm not. I, have, I haven't had it in almost 10 years. And he's like, this is not okay. You should not be you know, this is not normal and um, we have to get to work to get this period back. So I did acupuncture for a while, but for me, it was not helpful. 
really, I mean, maybe it helped me to relax a little bit, but it, it's just not, it's not enough. If there's somebody who's hoping that I just take some herbs or I just like start acupuncture and get my period, unfortunately, this is not what happens. So you still have to put in work yourself too. So uh, he said that you may have to uh, slow down in the gym a little bit because sometimes uh, overtraining can cause it. And so, like I said earlier, my relationship with food had been so much better then. So I wasn't really under eating anymore. Probably were like, I maybe was under eating for my body, but I was definitely not eating like 18 or 1500 calories. It was way over 2000, but I was still, still uh, training hard. And so I came home and I started Googling stuff. And then I found uh, a couple of blogs. I found the No Period Now What's community. And um, I, I was like, okay, I guess this is what it is. I have to slow down uh, on exercise and start eating more. But I had still a lot of doubt because the blogs that I found, all the bloggers were still like really like string bean thin girls, right? Uh, who were like maybe like anorexic even. And I was like, there I am with like body mass index of over 22, like should be completely normal. I don't know if this is the case. Um, but then honestly, um, before we started recording, like you said that you were excited to start eating more. I was excited uh, to let go of exercise for a little bit because it had been, you know, I had been athlete all my life. I'd been doing so much exercise all the time. And now I had this sort of like permission from somebody else. It came like externally that you can go for a walk and that's going to be it for a while. And I was like, oh, actually that feels nice. That feels mm -hmm. nice because before that I had just sort of like started losing my workout motivation, which was first time ever. I was like, who am I? I don't know myself. Like I've always enjoyed exercise, but now I just don't want to. And also my workouts, I had to cut them short because my energetic, I, I just didn't have energy for it. I was so freaking exhausted all the time. And so now hearing from someone that, hey, you can, you can slow down. It's going to be healthy for you. I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to give this thing a try. And so I did it. And it took me a little, but took me about five months to just do walking, do a little bit of yoga. And I started eating much more and put on weight and then my period came back. Incredible. Congrats, by the way. So <laughs> basically you had no period for like nine years. And then kind of from the point you went, quote unquote, all in, according to no period now what you and I are both a fan of that resource. So once you went all in, gave up exercise and continued to eat a lot and also just continue to eat more. Um, it was about five months that your yes, period came months. back? Mm -hmm. From December to end of December to May. Amazing. So I know we were chatting about no period now what even before you and I started recording and that resource, did that help you a lot when you were kind of searching out about HA? I know for me, when I came across it, it's just like so much good content in there and it really puts things into perspective for you. Yeah, it's it's a great book. And especially if you're interested in more like super detailed information, like what exactly happens, why it happens. Like if you're interested in this like nitty gritty stuff, then definitely check, check out the book. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I do want to talk a little bit more about exercise with you. So I want to highlight the fact that you said it felt really good to know that you 
could exercise less. And in my eyes, that's a really big, like shiny, bright light on the fact that it was time for you to take a step back on exercise, right? And I know you mentioned before there are going to be women that need, need, need to eliminate all exercise. And this just goes back to no one's journey is ever going to look the same because I know a lot of girls who have recovered while doing some form of exercise. But we have to remember that recovering from HA is really about dialing down that stress. And it like looks at all forms of stress. So if like you have mental and emotional stress around food, we need to work on that. And if you have mental and emotional stress around exercise, we need to work on that. Right. Yes, absolutely. Plus, of course, the physical stress. Exactly. We, we are so used to thinking that exercise relieves my stress. But in this situation, it actually adds to your stress. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's very important to work on all these areas that you that you mentioned, because HA is like a whole package. It's not only one thing like, OK, just stop working out. But if you're not fixing your mindset around food, then you very likely fall back into the same habits. Once your period is back, you still start like going hard in the gym, you cut back your calories again, you're back at square one. So that's why it's so, so important to also to work with somebody who can like make sure that you stay on track and, and helps you with like different exercise. I'm talking about mindset exercises here mm. that, you know, help you to recover all areas that you, that you need to heal. Yeah, I love how you said mindset exercises. So there must be some mindset exercises that really helped you throughout your journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. So some things, for example, weight gain. This is, I mean, this is the hard thing, right? That's the hardest thing. That's why nobody wants to start recovery. (laughs) But the the one way that I really uh, like uh, to think about exercise or the weight gain is that gaining weight is gaining health actually in this situation. And in this society, we're always, we always hear the opposite message. We always hear that lighter is better. Like losing weight is better. It's always better. Nobody ever questions that. But in HA, it's absolutely the opposite. Like more weight is better for you. So that's, that's kind of like one, one big change. Uh, the other one is, of course, the comparing. Like we're comparing to other people. We are comparing ourselves to older versions, like previous versions of ourselves. But we never ask, okay, is this person that I'm comparing myself to, how do I ever know how their health is? How do I ever know if they are getting their periods? How do I ever know if they are, if their minds are okay, if they're not like, you know, that they don't have an eating disorder? So we only see this outside of someone and we think that we have to be the same. So just completely detach yourself from, from what others are doing, how others are looking, and just focus on yourself and healing, healing your body. So these are a couple of like, big things for me personally, and that's, these are things that I also you know, tell my clients to keep in mind. Yeah, I love that. The that there we go with like the comparison again, right? And kind of going back to what you said before when you were looking at all these bloggers and things like that and they're like string beans you called them and it's like how do they have their period and here I am 
with a BMI higher than I would personally like it or whatever, or a healthy quote unquote BMI. And here I am, no period. But it's so true. Like you do not know what that other person's health is like. Who knows? Maybe in a year or two from now, Mm -hmm. they might come out and be like, oh, hey, by the way, I haven't been getting my period or I've been like battling an eating disorder or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Actually, uh, I think it was now over a year ago, somebody with a pretty big um, audience following on Instagram, she had been you know, a fitness person and sold a lot of uh, fat loss programs. And she kind of admitted that it was a real struggle for her to get pregnant because she had AJ all while selling those fat loss programs too. So you can never know. And what you really have to focus on is your health. Don't, don't look at, look around what others are doing. It does not matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when someone does get their period back. It is possible for them to add exercise back in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's another thing that we should highlight is that all of this is temporary. Like you going without a period, it's a temporary thing. And you well, I like to think that we can just like eat a ton of food all the time. Like there's no, I would like to hear your thoughts on that because I've heard other kind of um, leaders in the health world saying like, oh, you don't have to eat so much food um, forever. But like, where are you in that seeing as how you largely increased your calories to get your period back um, and now you recovered. So how has your food intake kind of adjusted with that? Mm-hmm. So it has definitely um, become more intuitive now. So right. when I was in HA, there needs to be a little bit of pushing sometimes. You may not feel like you want to eat as much, but your body um, needs actually more. So you have to like, okay, I will have like another bite or I will have this dessert too. Or, you know, there, some people really need to push it a little bit. And this is where you can't be super intuitive because a lot of people who have been suppressing their appetite for a long time, their intuition tells them that, uh, eating like three slices of bread a day, it's enough, right. Or like two apples a day, that's enough. But this is where you can't trust it. However, like later when your body, your metabolism is restored, then you can start shifting back towards more intuitive eating. It's just like letting your body decide uh, what you need. So I feel like I I have gone from like heavy restricting and then over like eating a lot to recover to somewhere in between. And now I'm in this middle and I'm not really thinking like how much I, I, I don't like have to like control things. I am mindful though. I am aware of like when I'm eating, like and asking myself, do I need more? Is this enough? But this is not restriction, right? This is not, I can't have more. I can, but do I need it or do I want it even? So yeah, you have to find this like gray area in between. And what it, when it comes to uh, calories, then um, I know for a lot of women, it sounds like the worst thing ever if you tell them that, you know what, you should eat like 2,500 calories or so a day. This is also from no period. Now what? But I would actually say that 
even more. I've seen with my clients, they need to get like close to 3000 there sometimes. And so now I would say um, that later when your metabolism is, is healthy again and everything is restored, you're not going to gain weight anymore, even if you eat 24, 2500 calories. And I actually did this um, sort of like experiment myself. I, I didn't track, I haven't tracked in a long time, but then I don't know, maybe like half a year, year ago, my clients started telling me it's absolutely impossible to eat 2,500 calories a day. And I was like, no, I don't think this is impossible. Like you have a hard time getting calories in? No. And I was like, okay, let's see how much I am eating. And I just, I was tracking for about like two, three weeks or something like that. And I found that my calories fall somewhere between 2,300 to 2,600 if I have a harder work, like, um, like a training day when I did like more, like I had a leg day, whatever, then it can be sometimes 2,800 or something like that. And I am not gaining weight. I don't weigh myself, but just based on like visually. Right. So because the metabolism has this ability to, to balance itself out, right. And knowing exactly how much you need. And when it's healthy, it's putting all the food that you take in towards different um, things in your body that need to be done, right? So it's not that you're going to like every single calorie you eat is going to magically turn into fat cells, fats. So it, it's not how it happens. And you can actually, you can eat more later and you won't gain any more weight. And everybody has this fear that I will never stop gaining weight. Yes, you will. Like, it's like gaining, 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 gaining. No, usually not. Yeah, I'm actually super happy you brought that up. So on Mondays, I always send out a love letter to all my newsletter subscribers. And just one of these past Mondays, I sent one out asking my ladies, what was the one like body image thing that really like causes them to struggle? Like what is their current body image struggle? And one of the responses that I got was a woman fearing the fact that she was just going to continue to gain weight. So do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Because you and I both know that that's just not what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you will gain, say that you have, maybe you have hypothalamic amenorrhea or maybe you don't have it. I mean, not everybody who under eats loses their period, right? So let's just say that your body is stressed out in some other ways. You have other symptoms, right? You are like constantly fatigued or you just, you need a lot of sleep or you have insomnia or you are always cold. You have some kind of like issue that shows that your metabolism is not functioning properly. So now when you start eating more to heal it, because food is medicine, right? You need to eat more food to heal. Then of course, at first you may start gaining because your body is not there where it needs to be. So if your body weight, current body weight is only maintained through like excessive exercise and extreme dieting, then this body weight is not right for you. Yes. So you have to um, eat enough to restore everything, your body, all the functions. You have to restore your metabolism. And then once you get there and then, then you kind of start listening to your body more and eat just based on what it tells you, based on when it's hungry and stuff when it's full, then after a certain point, the weight gain will just stop. But also you have to be still need to be like mindful and mindful and restrictive are two different things. I also want to make that really clear because sometimes people are like, oh, when you're thinking like, oh, do I still need to eat more? It's time to stop. This is restriction. But to me, this is not restriction. This is being aware, being in tune with yourself. So um, 
yeah, the, the weight gain will stop um, if your body has found the right weight and then also, or when your body has found the right weight. Uh, and then also if you're able to really get in touch with yourself and understand how much you really need. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I totally agree with all of that. And I do want to go back to something else that I love that you started talking about is intuitive eating versus what you have to do when you're trying to get your period back. And for me, I've been calling that intentionally eating. So I eat like intuitively to an extent. It's like I wake up, I eat breakfast, I put together a breakfast that, you know, sounds really good to me. And then it's like, okay, but like, could I eat like another potato or, you know, could I eat another like scoop of nut butter or whatever? And it's like, yeah. So you add on those other things. And so to me, that's really how I've been navigating this whole eating more type thing. It's not quite that intuitive spot because I know if I completely relied on my intuition, I wouldn't be at that like base minimum of 2,500 calories, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's really good what you just said. I think if you are trying to restore your metabolism and get your period back, then definitely have this extra potato and extra t- spoonful of nut butter. Yeah, absolutely. It's only going to help you. It's only getting get you. It's only getting you your goal faster. But then, yeah, later if you don't need to gain any weight, you're feeling pretty good. Then you can be like, do I want it or do I not want it? Do my, do I need it or am I full enough? Because because also um, you don't want to eat a lot like past your satiety either. And this is we're talking about now after HA again, right after. So you don't want to eat past the tide either because for, for me personally, I, I used to ha- be like a terrible binge eater. And that was because I was re- restricting so hard that it always like went back to the other side and now I had to binge it. So I don't like the feeling of being so full that like, like my, it's like physically hurting because I've had this experience more times in my life that I want to <laughs> admit. So yeah, later it's important to kind of really maybe slow down a little bit, think how much do I need if I still need it. But I have to make sure still that everybody knows if you are still in nature recovery, you can't really rely on your intuition. Um, See how, what you can do to get more calories in really. Yeah, for sure. I actually just posted about this on Instagram. Um, Every night I like make myself this big yogurt bowl with berries or whatever fruit I want in it and then granola or um, cereal, whatever. And I use like a high fat yogurt and I am never hungry for that snack, like (laughs) never. But I know that right now it's just something that I need to do. And also when I'm eating it, I'm not like, "Uh, I don't want this. Oh, I have to eat this. It's like I'm very intentional that it's nourishing my body. And even though I'm not hungry for it, doesn't mean I don't like thoroughly enjoy eating that bowl of yogurt every night, right? Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. And I I think if you still don't have your period right now, this is the absolute the right thing to do. Yeah, 
well, sounds like I'm doing <laughs> good things, but yes, you are. Yeah. So, anyways, back to your journey through HA. Were there any really big moments for you, like aha moments that were like big turning points throughout your journey? Because I think the process of us getting our periods back is really a time where we like come home to ourselves and start taking care of ourselves in a way that we've never taken care of ourselves before. Mm -hmm. Big turning points. Let me think. Well, I remember one big turning point with food and actually really letting go of the rules because uh, there are still so many rules that we don't even think that there are rules, but we're still following them. And we, we're so used to following them that we don't even realize that they are actually holding us back. So I remember this one time, I, I think I was about three months into my recovery and I had not like significantly increased my food because I, like I said, I thought my food was pretty good already. I had just like stopped exercising as much. But I, I got this idea that I, I would really like to make some cinnamon rolls. And I remember that when I was a teenager, I used to make them all the time. Every Sunday, that was my thing. I would make like a huge um, like plate of them and I would eat them as many as I wanted. And then I was like, why have I not done this? And then I started thinking, oh, it's the white flour. It's the white sugar. It's the butter. It's the, still these things that I'm like thinking are bad for me because like, there's no recipes anymore that, that like tell you to use white flour. Everything has to be almond flour only, right? Everything has to be like sweetened with uh, whatever maple syrup, you know, like these things are so bad because we demonize sugar. We demonize white flour think that they're like so horrible. And I was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm just going to make it just like I did when I was a teenager. And I remember making these like so many cinnamon rolls and I just ate as many as I wanted. And I feel like after that, I was like, I can do this and then I'm going to like, I'm going to eat more like that. I'm going to do more of these things. And this is where I would say I really kind of sped up my recovery because I, I started having like more ice cream and I started having a little bit more, you know, sweet stuff again that I had told myself is sort of like forbidden or have to be very limited how much I have. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. So this is like a, I really encourage everybody to think like, what kind of food rules am I still holding on to? What are those things? And just like, think like maybe like write them all down and you will be surprised how long your list is. So that was, that was one of the things. Um, and I'm trying to think, uh, well, one of the things was also, because I'm a personal trainer and I had this fear that when I gain weight, then what if all clients are going to leave me? Because who wants to work with a, like a trainer who doesn't look the part, right? Yeah. And this, yeah. And I, I think I a lot of women fear. struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I had a couple of moments when I was standing with my client, like side by side, and we see each other in, or like both of us in the mirror. I'm like, holy crap, she's fitter than I am. And that made me feel bad. And then it didn't make things easier that one guy once said in my class that I only trust the trainer. He didn't like talk about me, but he just mentioned that I only trust the trainer when she looks the part. Like only that, that means that she can be a good trainer. And then that kind of reinforced this fear that what if my people are going to leave me? But that never happened. What actually happened is that because I was so open about my journey, we talk with all my female clients, we talk about periods a ton. We talk about all things related to periods. If like, people heard our conversations, they would be like, what is going on? <laughs> um, and then a lot of people actually, I got, I got new clients because I started talking about it on Instagram. They were like, oh my God, this 
this trainer is not putting me on the scale. This trainer is not judging me. This trainer wants me to live a healthier life, make me stronger. She wants me to sleep more. She says it's okay to sleep instead of working out if you had a really bad sleep. So I want to work with her. And then nobody left. Nobody left. And that's that's one of the things I know people are like, oh my God, what are people going to think about me? I'm just, I, I just think that you're finding your true you and your real you. And people may like this real you, but they may also not like this. But you don't care about those who don't like this new you, right? Because you find yourself. And I think this is, uh, this is kind of a, like a really cool thing. Because a lot of times it's like uh, over-exerciser and this like super fit person. This identity is, it can be dangerous and it can be the only thing. And we never even thought that we could be somebody else. And that's, that's never a good thing to be just like one person, you know, have just like one identity. So that was right. kind of a super long answer, but I No, but it was an awesome answer because I do think throughout this journey, we have to let go of certain like identities or masks that we've been holding on to, right? I know yeah. for me, like I have my boobs back. I have curves again. Like I can grab the fat on my stomach again. And I know those are all good things, but for the majority of my life, those are the things that I was like majorly pushing away from myself Mm -hmm. because we all have different things that cause us to like hold on to these false identities. But growing up, I was always like that little one, right? Mm -hmm. And then puberty hit and then all of a sudden oh you're not that small one anymore and you like try to cling on to these things and yeah this whole journey is just like so eye-opening but like I said it really does allow us if we are willing it allows us to like come home to ourselves and really start taking care of ourselves again Mm -hmm. yeah because I think a lot of times we're totally numbing those feelings And like numbing who we really are and trying to escape that by just doing more exercise, controlling the food that gives us the sense of control, right? But what if you felt like completely like naked and like, I don't have my exercise. I don't have my like food controlling things anymore. Who am I then? What do I want to do then? Like to start thinking about it this way. And uh, maybe you find that you don't even know like who you are anymore, but that's a good sign because then you have to find that. I think a lot of people come to that and they're like, who am I? Like, I don't even know. I really do feel like that's a question a lot of women ponder after a whole life of like dieting and stuff. Yeah. And sometimes even up until to a very, you know, high age. And it's, it's very, very sad. I I have talked to, to women who are like 60 years old and even older than that. And they're still so, so, you know, they're still sticking with this dieting mindset and, and only like running on a treadmill like two hours every day because they have to control their calories. This is this is not where most of us want to be in our 60s, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And if you want to do it, I mean, that's fine, but just do it in a healthy way because exercise obviously is, is, is healthy. And then when women tell me, you know, in HR recovery, like they say, like, I just cannot stop working out. It's absolutely impossible. I always tell them that, okay, like think what happens if you keep doing it. And if you don't get your period, you lose your bone density, which also means that you're, you know, you may break your bones very easily. You are 
you're more likely to get osteopenia, osteopenia and osteoporosis. So if these things happen to you, which is very likely if you have don't have your period for many, many years, then there's no way you're going to be very active when you're seven, like 60, 70 years old. So isn't it better to just like stick it out that, that half a year, a year, whatever it is, and then you can bring the exercise back and in a healthy way, not overdoing it again. And that's, that's also for your longe- longevity. Then you can do it longer in a healthy way instead of just like killing yourself constantly. Right. And I'm so happy you brought that up. There's two ways to approach exercise. Many of us use exercise and food as a way to control, like you were saying, or on the flip side, we can use exercise and food to really nourish and love our bodies. Like I see it in both ways. It can be a form of control, but it can also be a form of loving yourself for sure. Absolutely. Yes, I totally agree with you. Yeah, well, Kirsten, unfortunately, we are coming to the end of the show. I could honestly keep chatting with you forever. So I'm sure you should come back on the show and join me again. I would love that. But before you go, I do want to ask you one other question that I ask all of my guests. And that is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Unbreakable. Okay, being unbreakable. Um, I think being unbreakable is is knowing. I don't know. Maybe it sounds like super woo, but just knowing really who you are, and try to accept it, no matter how much you may dislike it at first. Find out something about yourself, and you're like, "Oh, this is not good. This is not good. Like, I should change." just like accept it and know who you are and then try to really uh, be kind to this person. Because if you're not, I have never seen anyone who has achieved their goals by hating herself or just like being mean to herself. So figure out who you are and be really nice and kind to that person. And I think that's, that's how you are the healthiest version of yourself. I think that's my favorite quote from the entire episode I have never seen anyone achieve their goals by hating themselves (laughs) so true not even body image or anything it's like all the goals you could ever think of yeah absolutely is that are they achievable if you hate yourself absolutely not so thank you so much where can people find you my love I will have everything linked up in the show notes but if someone wants to go follow you on instagram or go to your website right now where can they go mm-hmm. so my instagram is my first and last name kirsten kimura and kirsten is spelled k-e-r-s-t-e-n k-i-m-u-r-a uh, my website is different it's urbanjane.co uh, and these are the two main things but i'm also on facebook on pinterest and then youtube channel I have a YouTube channel as well. So yeah, I will, I will see you on social media probably. Awesome. You bet. 